2: It is 11 a.m. on a national signing day Wednesday. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tied 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. In the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, the Chocolate Lady, her outstanding staff, and their 14th year of serving you, the great West Central Alabamian, and glad to do so, especially with Valentine's Day upon us. Two Sundays away, Feb 14th, will be here in a flash. Get by Peter Brook here. take care of that special someone right there. In the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 Who of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, Jacob, the highest ranked recruiting class in recruiting ranking industry history. For the Alabama Crimson Tide. Does anything surprise you anymore when it comes to a Nick Saban led effort over there off Bryant drive?
1: I mean, it it probably is supposed to, especially when this time last year, when, you know, the, the pandemic was getting underway and then they were starting to alter the rules and they're saying Nick Saban is not going to be able to get it done. (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) it's a little different it's gonna be different all this zoom stuff and i think what it ended up doing was probably benefiting the blue bloods even more right because if you were a high four or five um you were pretty much going to be locked into that status throughout the process you just didn't have anything you didn't have enough to evaluate uh guys on that was both from the recruiting ranking industry perspective and then more importantly from the coaching staff perspective because There wasn't a May evaluation period. Coaches weren't able to get off campus. You didn't have the big summer camp run, which has become so critical to the recruiting process. It's a big, big piece of what Nick Saban and his staff utilized, not only in terms of the upcoming cycle, but gosh, you know, two, three cycles down the road, you're able to go ahead and get that going. I think that benefited Alabama in that. A lot of the kids that they had, I'm thinking at the top of their board, at their respective positions, for the most part, even with the shutdown last year, they, were, they had already had a lot of those kids on campus in some form or fashion. So, uh, yeah, definitely a different approach, and we'll see how this one plays out. They're hoping to lift the ban that has been in place for close to a year now. On April the 15th, but uh, that's no certainty. But Alabama, once again under Nick Saban, the nation's top-ranked recruiting class. We were on Kamar Wheaton watch throughout the early stages of this week. And Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back, follows through, signs with Alabama this morning. I tuned into that YouTube broadcast from Kamar's high school. Very well done, by the way. I guess it was the principal, maybe an assistant principal maybe the athletic director, did a really nice job of that. Did a really nice job of that, and really wasn't any drama in it. You know, you kind of tuned in thinking, well, Kamar might have some hats at the table. Never sure. You never know. Thought he might have an OU hat up there with maybe a Texas hat and an Alabama hat, but no. The gentleman who emceed the ceremony basically said, okay, Kamar's going to sign with Alabama now. Threw it to Kamar and his family. He signs, and that's that. That's just the way you wanted it if you're an Alabama fan. So with Wheaton on board, Alabama was seven five-stars for the 2021 cycle. Uh, An average player rating of .94. I'm not going to damper or rain on these young people's parade. This is their day. This is their class, even if they signed in December. And of those seven five-stars, you've already got four on campus as early enrollees. Good for them. They need to enjoy this now because the reality comes soon. The reality comes soon. Uh, A big reason why you chose Alabama is for the competitive nature, the competitive environment, the ability to develop and go on to even the next level. Well, that means you become just another dude around here. But today, and for this period, congratulations to all these young people. And again, you kind of put it into perspective. You know, the bar's up there for this class, and you're coming in with that greatest ever tag. It's even another level. And you talk about some great classes. 2008, kind of kind of early on in the Nick Saban era, established itself as the standard bearer for Alabama recruiting under Nick Saban. Average player rating in 2008 with Julio Jones, Mark Barron, an eventual Heisman Trophy winner, and Mark Ingram, a guy like Barrett Jones, one of the most decorated players in Alabama football history. That class came to Tuscaloosa with an average player rating of .912. So uh, a full three-tenths, I guess it is, yeah, of a point. Below this 2021 class, but uh they left with some hardware, didn't they? When you consider the fifth-year guys in that group, like Barrett Jones, three national championships uh before they left campus, 2017.9376 player rating for those guys that of course Tua, Mac, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs the third, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood. Those dudes left. Well, a couple, of, a couple of them didn't. The guys who left early last year, they missed out on that second national title in 2020. But Devontae Smith, Najee, Leatherwood, Mac, they all got a couple of national championship rings. One of the classes that's probably under the radar a little bit that we'll get into in just a little bit, the 2014 group that came in here talk about them in just a little bit too 205-342-9904 that is the peterbrook chocolatier studio line big basketball game tonight over at coleman coliseum we'll get into alabama lsu as well first though let's check in with jr on a national signing day morning jr how you doing i'm doing fine good morning to you hello i said good hello to good to hear from you
3: good um well i um appreciate that but uh I'm just so I'm so excited about the uh, this re, the recruiting this, this last time this uh, star-studded uh, recruit class they got coming in. It just about to make a team with them, couldn't we?
2: Yeah, you know, I talked about this yesterday. I had someone ask me yesterday on another program on Tuesday morning if this class if this class pretty much filled its needs. And I was like, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you want to talk about the quarterback position, Jalen Milrow, uh, a promising prospect there. If you want to talk about running back, Kamar Wheaton coming in, offensive tackle, a couple of five stars, and then another offensive line prospect in Terrace Ferguson, who I think has a very, very bright future, whether it's at tackle or guard. Uh you know the the, the Brockermeyer Twins, one of them's a left tackle that's a five star and Tommy and then his brother James a five a four star center uh, you know defensively did some good things across the board and uh, yeah I mean it's it, it, it's not just that there's seven five stars uh, in this class. it's that if you look at the ranked guys at the bottom of the list, uh, it's still very promising. A guy like Robbie Oots at tight end. I think he's got a real nice future at that position. And he's one of the bottom guys in this class. So top to bottom, it's, it's very, very good looking on paper.
3: How many of these do you think are going to be capable of
2: uh, maybe not so much being a starter, but actually contributing next year? Well, I think what we're going to do is sort of in reverse, J.R., what we did last year, right? Because last year, You went into that 2020 season knowing that you had, what, eight or nine starters coming back on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Defensively, you had the question mark, so you were looking more at Will Anderson and some of these newcomers in the secondary and just some obvious holes that that Alabama defense had that you anticipated new faces being able to impact, and it certainly played out that way. Malachi Moore at star, Will Anderson at outside linebacker. I think this year it flips back to offense, and – you start with offensive tackle. Can JC Latham come in as a five star at 6'6", 305 pounds already on campus? Can he do what Cam Robinson, Jonah Williams, some of these other guys have done as true freshmen, jump right in there at the tackle position as a as a true freshman? Tommy Brockermeyer in that same boat with JC Latham, another five star true freshman. And then I think, you know, wide receiver, you got to consider that with everything. With the production, Alabama's losing between Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddell. You've got a couple of, uh, you've got a five-star in Jokorye Brooks coming in at that position. And Jai Hall's a high four. You've got some electric playmaker types that Christian Leary, uh, JoJo Earl will be here in the summer. Um, so I'd look at the skill spots um, on offense, and I would include. Weakening that at running back. There's I'm obviously gonna, gonna be some competition <laughs> there too. So I, I just pretty much ran down all of the offense for you, but I, I think that's where most of this is going to reside in terms of competition.
3: Sounds great. man! I'm looking forward to the next year. And tonight we got a good basketball
2: game coming. Yeah. Absolutely do. Absolutely do a big sure, wish I got... could go, but <laughs> I got a broken foot and I can't hardly walk all that
3: much, so I don't yeah. really want to how to push a wheelchair around in there.
2: No, no, they got you taken care of. Uh, That's an ESPNU tip tonight. So if you got the ESPNU uh, or the app or any access like that, and of course you can hear the game right here on the Town Square family of networks uh, with Chris Stewart on the call, Brian Passink as the analyst and Roger Hoover helping out on that broadcast as well. So radio TV, Take care of yourself, Jr. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Appreciate it, and I will. And I hope to talk to you again soon, man. Good to talk to you. Sounds good. Thanks, Jr. Jr. checking in. Yeah, that's going to be more the narrative, I think. Although, I mean, you look on the defensive side of the ball, and there are still some guys in this class that are going to have the opportunity very early. And I think you start with your Quincy McKinstry at the cornerback position, Five star corner coming in here. You know, you've got some big shoes to fill there on the perimeter of that defense with Patrick Sertan, the second moving on to the National Football League. And I like what Alabama is continuing to do as well in terms of the linebacker level. You know, they went through a couple of years there where it was very, I guess you could say, un Alabama like. Um, but last year they knocked it out of the park. I thought with the linebackers, obviously, Will Anderson was really good. They got a couple other edge guys uh, that are going to step forward, want to see what Des Moines Kennedy continues to do in his second year in the program. But guys like Ian Jackson of Prattville, Deontay Lawson of Mobile Christian, uh, you know, continuing on that second level of the defense to continue to add Some twitch. Wasn't very twitchy there for a year or two. A lot of that had to do with Alabama being pretty inexperienced at linebacker due to unforeseen issues in 2019. Also, Kyrie Jackson, a guy to keep an eye on at the cornerback position coming from the junior college ranks. 6'3 corner. Does he have the hips? Going to have the hips to play corner at 6'3 in this league? Can be tough. Film, his tape looks good. Looks like he can do that. So you do have some guys on the defensive side. Dallas Turner, five-star edge defender. Probably going to grow into more of a base defensive end, perhaps, Dallas Turner. And then jump inside a little bit, maybe, in passing situations. Some real versatility, again, defensively for this uh, this class. Kendrick Blackshire, another linebacker we need to mention A guy who looks like he's already 33 years old. Looks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. Kendrick Blackshire, 6'2", 245. Looks like Rolando McClain in 2009 already when you look at that cat. I mean, he is uh, very impressive physically. And, you know, I mentioned the offensive line. And, again, so much is going to be made of J.C. Latham and Brockermeyer. And understandably so. I mean, they are tremendous prospects uh, at the offensive tackle positions. Um, but man, if you really get into Terrence Ferguson's tape, that guy is a problem. It's six four, three hundred 300 pounds. And again, he can play tackle. Maybe he ends up inside. That seems to be the sentiment more with Terrence Ferguson, a four-star offensive lineman out of Fort Valley, Georgia. And then a guy who kind of flew under the radar there at the end of the early period Jaden Roberts, former teammate at North Shore High School out in Houston, Texas of Damian George who signed with Alabama a year ago. 6'5", 340, offensive guard. So yeah, you talk about the offensive line, center, guard, tackle. It looks like Alabama hit a big big home run there on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to head to our first break of the program. We need to get into some LSU Alabama for tonight over at Coleman Coliseum. Cecil Hurdle talks some recruiting with us and we'll get into some hoops as well with top 25 ap top 25 voter cecil hurt of the tuscaloosa news and tidesports.com when southern fried sports returns on a wednesday presented by peterbrook Chocolatier, here right here on side 100.9
1: fm right after this This is Crimson Tide today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at kanekasausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Tonight, the Alabama men's basketball team takes its perfect SEC record back to Coleman Coliseum, hosting the LSU Tigers at 6 p.m. Central with radio coverage on the network starting at 5 p.m. Head coach Nate Oates gives his thoughts heading into the matchup.
2: Coming off a loss, you know, we haven't had to deal with this in quite some time, so hopefully our guys get locked in. You know, it help if we got a little healthier, but we got to go with what we've got right now. You know, Rose still... Not back anywhere close to 100%. Neither is Herb. Don't have Bruner. But, you know, they're banged up, too. We, um,
1: days went out. So it's, it's February. I'll have more in a moment. Our newest partner on the Crimson Tide Sports Network is already an Alabama favorite. Koneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Koneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, and now a tailgate grilling tradition. Koneka Sausage, made in Evergreen, Alabama, and a true Southern flavor since 1947. And now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Alabama Athletics has announced its plans relating to capacity, ticket distribution, and game day operations for the 2021 softball season. While there will be no advance public sales of tickets due to the demand from existing ticket holders, fans looking to secure single-game tickets should visit RollTide.com and follow Alabama softball on social media as updates to ticket inventory will be shared on a game-by-game basis. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Caneca Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. A bright sunny sky this afternoon. The high today, 52.
0: Clear tonight, the low at 33. Tomorrow becoming mostly cloudy. Rain arrives tomorrow night, the high 61. And for Friday, the sky becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high at 50. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide. Be. Are you gonna give your love to me? I wanna love you night
2: and day. You know my love and love, you know you know my of love you know my love Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now as a matter of fact. Check in with Cecil Hurt as we typically do on Wednesday. Cecil, of course, a longtime sports editor and columnist for the Tuscaloosa News and TideSports.com. Cecil's seen a lot of Alabama football recruiting classes, but Cecil <laughs> The top ranked college football signing class and recruiting ranking industry history. Cecil? Apparently. <laughs> how long is that history Travis? <laughs> you know, I, I gotta check on that, Cecil. I guess I should know that seeing as how I am attached to said industry, but I, I can't give you the, I can't give you the definitive answer on that. but uh, yeah, you know we were talking about it in the opening segment. Um, that's all well and good. But just under Nick Saban, you know, there's been some classes that, in retrospect, uh, have have put it on the field, have taken it to the field. Most of them have, as a matter of fact. But um, 2008 obviously comes to mind. Cecil, 2017, even 2014. When you look back at that class, they didn't miss a college football playoff, won multiple SECs, multiple national championships. I guess if you're this class, the bar starts right here. Right. I mean, you you don't have to go anywhere else. It's, 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 it's what's happened before you here.
3: Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's, I mean, I understand that, that, and, and, um, I have great appreciation for recruiting writers and recruiting sites and and what they do and how they, they try and break things down, break things down numerically. But, you know, when you go back and, and even, now, one of the popular stories, you see people re-ranking, you know, let's go back to 2017 and re-ranking mm-hmm. Alabama class. But there's so many variables that go into it. it, it who would who would have predicted, or, or maybe you would, but um, as a recruit, what's the value of Devonta Smith if he just goes pro last year? Um, which he certainly could have done and, and would have had a great career at Alabama and caught a national championship win. But when you tack this fourth year on, you know, hypothetically, if you sign the number one class of all time, a bunch of those guys are going to be three-year guys, right? Yeah. Um, so that, in Alabama's case this year, not only was the number one running back from the same class a senior, you know, stuck out. How often is that going to happen? If a guy really maintains the ranking, you know, he's not a butt. Like Najee, clearly was not. You know, it translates, you know, yeah, or Um. So how do you how do you evaluate who you know? Just just wrestle with this one with your audience. Who is the you know who who is the better recruit? Who who do you assign more value to, Tua or Max? Yeah, yeah. You know, Tua played in more games. They both won one national championship. You know, Tua clearly a high draft choice. Looks like Max going to be a high draft choice. Um. Now, Tua played ahead of Max. If you're talking about as a recruit, how do you how do you evaluate that? And and that's on top of there's got to be a at some level a quarterback multiplier effect because not very often is that that dude out there. But when you get that dude, um, changes your program or sustains your program. So uh, it, they're so complicated. You know, it used to be really simple. You know, you'd, you'd look at it and say, "Well, man, Alabama got more guys than Auburn got." And, you know, judge you from from what happened on the field. But you know, now within that, and again, I'm not criticizing. I think it's interesting reading. It's fascinating to think about. <laughs> but people do have a tendency to some get sometimes get. So numerical. It was, it's been three or four years now that the New York Times <laughs> dipping their toe into the treacherous <laughs> waters of college football uh, tried to to evaluate the best teams and who was overachieving with their recruits and who was underachieving. Yeah, based on the level they were recruiting at. Well, Alabama had. <laughs> four probably three number one classes in the number two, you know, was clearly the the top recruit and so since they didn't win four straight national championships, they were underachieving. They were they were listed in the New York Times as underachieving about five years ago. Because because if you get if you're number one in recruiting every year, then you should win the national championship every year. Got the year, best right? players. Yeah. Yeah, you got the players. Um, why even play? So a lot goes into it. But it's I, I I still um you know, we're we're about to the point in history where people you know, younger fans aren't even gonna know what we're talking about. I miss the old everybody on one day and twenty seven chess pieces. You know, for Alabama today, you know, I guess it's two I guess it was two, right? When and we got Terry and Arnold sign. the
2: safety going yeah, this Terry afternoon. I, Three centuries I'll, I'll gonna
3: do. Um if he does commit to Alabama. It's a it's a complicated world figure in roster numbers in twenty twenty one with the COVID, with the you know, everything that's gone on with the extra year guys who don't count against you versus some fifth year guys do count against you and is, <laughs> Alabama. No, I don't know that we'll ever get an absolute explanation. Um, but I will say, if they if they add one more, they they got to be they've got to tighten those screws right down to the to the metal on the numbers for next year. So we'll see how that works out.
2: You know, it's an interesting but point. It you will burn- work out. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying it, it always works. does. Right? Yeah. Sabanomics. Hey, they, they always seem to, to make the numbers work over there. Hey, uh, you balance, mentioned- balance the checkbook in August. That's what you <laughs> Tua and Mac, um, would you say, though, that they got it right at the time? You're right about the re rankings and the revisionist stuff that's done down the road. But looking back at that, uh, Tua. I think it was what it was. I think Tua was the guy that was pretty much ready, um, physically and in just about every other way. And Mac was sort of the developmental guy, but sure, sure. absolutely. The, the, and, and think about the it like this: I mean, guy I guess, that you develop,
3: yeah. does that change I mean, what his value was four years ago?
2: Yeah, yeah. And Tua still yeah, had a and, year and, and left. And I mean, Tua could have come back. And
3: this yeah. isn't a criticism, but, you know, Bo Nix, who is highly rated, it's still a little bit up in the air, you know, and, and a lot of it through circumstances beyond his control in terms of changing offenses and now changing head coaches completely and so forth. Um, But, you know, how's he going to be evaluated? And, you know, it makes it difficult. It's really difficult for, for quarterbacks. Um, I mean, sometimes on a certain level, regardless of what happens, the, the rankings got it right. Justin Fields, yeah. you know, they got that right. I mean, he was, he and Lawrence were the guys. Um, the fact that he transferred out of Georgia and went to Ohio State doesn't change that. And that he technically, that he, not technically, that he didn't win a national championship. Doesn't change that. He's still a, a guy that, that everybody would have wanted out of high school, has lived up to his ranking, and, and um, you know they nailed
2: that. Cecil, for this class specifically, looking at Alabama and what they've done in this cycle, just seems like the narrative has done a 180 compared to last year when you start thinking about immediate help from a class. And obviously last year was so much that Alabama returned offensively and what it had to replace defensively. It was uh, the defense that we were talking about mostly on this day a year ago. It it, it seems like it's pretty much the offense that we're going to look at, I guess, when we start thinking about contributors on a uh, fairly immediate basis for 2021.
3: Certainly will have a chance. I'm, let's let's set matchy aside you know and and the rest of how that recruiting between last year's class that didn't play a whole lot because of the guys in front of them and and the class that is being finalized today i'm going to really be interested to see how that takes shape but there's certainly room for a couple of receivers one would think. Now Kamara Wheaton signing this morning. A, you know, it that's a heck of a running back run. Yeah, it is. You know, for, for next year. Would, um I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see both Robinsons back, Brian and mm-hmm. Keelan, Um plus Jace McClellan. Um Trey Sanders has got a, he's got a rehab from that rack and it's a long way to go probably. Um, but Trey Sanders, L. Williams, I mean, it's, it's, it's stacked up in there. Um, the, the interesting one and one that Alabama has been successful with Jonah Williams, um, Cam Robinson, um, do those, do those most highly rated, I'm not going to say best, but most highly rated offensive linemen, you know, do they, lay um, Latham, do they step right in on the offensive line? You, looking at it, you would say they they that's the plan. Now, that's a lot to ask for a freshman, but that's how Alabama's kind of done it, um, at least in the, those two instances that I cited, plus Evan Neal. Um, so, see how it works out. But I agree with you on on probably looking more at offense than than hey, guys can play defense. They can always help you, but
2: yeah, I, I um, guess Cecil, if you did it, if you prioritized it just by positions. Corner would still be up there, wouldn't it? I mean, I would think. Would you lose their talent with, with what you're bringing in and who you're losing? I would think. And this could be cool eight timer. Looks, like, time looks like they recruited that way to me. Yeah, a JUCO yeah, and I then a five star. I think freshman. that's why they're.
3: That's I think that's why they're still going
2: to have an eye on what Terry and Arnold does this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So Cecil, we have, uh, we have a big men's basketball game over at Coleman Coliseum this evening. Alabama coming off a tough loss, but not one that really should shift the, the expectations or the legitimacy of this team. I think we've got a big enough sample size now to know that this is a really good basketball team. But Cecil uh, is wow. a team right now that we're seeing kind of the accumulations of the bumps and bruises, some some situations outright injuries. Uh, the grind, what what is this team trying to push through right now, do you think, Cecil?
3: Uh Herb is, is beat up. Probably better for Herb that they're playing
2: today than
3: having a Tuesday night or last night. Uh probably just needs rest, but aren't the stretches of the schedule that really allows you to do that. Um, they miss Bruna. There's there's no question about that. Um as I thought that been apparent in this last stretch of games. And it they won't be this the say all Bruno was was not there for LSU last that 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 game last month or it is now last month in Baton Rouge and I was there and you, you won't see anything like that. There's a reason it's the all time SEC record to shoot <laughs> like that. Twenty three threes, games. yeah. Yeah, you know, but so it's a unicorn. That, that's, that's not what's going to happen. They just need some guys to. Yeah, you know, they need to get what they can out of out of Herb, which is usually a lot. Um, Devon Quinterly has been in a slump. I think teams are defending him a little differently, and you know Reese. A lot of, a lot a lot of pressure with Bruner out. There's a lot of pressure on Reese step up and be that guy. Now, again, Alabama's not the only team banged up. Oklahoma was down two starts. Mm-hmm. Jerry Stay's out for LSU with an ankle. So they're going to start Sharif O'Neill, who would have had a tough time covering Bruner, I think. So um, it will be interesting to see. is uh, not a deep, deep team. I mean, they'll bring O'Neal old. Up today, um, be okay in the starting lineup, but then they lose that depth, uh, and they don't have a lot of other guys that played a whole lot. But they can score. You know, Cam Thomas could score thirty, and um, high volume shooter. And so it'll be a different game, and and just like every other staff in the SEC. Um, <laughs> Uh, LSU's seen the tape, and they'll change probably a little bit of their defensive philosophy if they can execute, you, you know, and get out more on the perimeter. And that's not probably ideally what they're built for, but you you do what's best. And you know, we're in a stretch in the SEC, and you know, watching last night a little bit, teams are, teams are. <laughs> This happens in football too, I think, Travis. But the teams will muck it up. You know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna make it like like you know cake batter. You kind of got to stir that stuff around. It's not just gonna be easy and and simple. And you know, watching that <laughs> watching Ole Miss in Tennessee last night, they they just kind of grind it out. And Tennessee gets gets caught up in games like that and just can't score enough points great defensive team, great defensive team. Um, hold the team to 52, you all think you ought to win. But, you know, you're going to see South Carolina play that way. You're going to see Texas A&M play that way. Uh, you're going to see Ole Miss, obviously, play that way. Tennessee's kind of built that way anyway. So um, Alabama's got a few of those grinders ahead. Now, but that said, you know, I'll take a breath. But you know, the over/under on this game is still 162.5, <laughs> so they don't they don't expect it to be
2: come in come in around uh-huh. 110. Yeah, it, it's not going to be the NBA All Star Game, but it may not be uh may not be all that far off. Um, Cecil, yeah, you, know, you a- talk about the the yeah, the volatility of the league, I guess, on display because you watch Tennessee and understanding this Kansas team isn't those Kansas teams, but you watch Tennessee over the weekend and they blow the Jayhawks out in Knoxville and you start to think Jaden Springer's back in that lineup. Here they come. Here come the balls that we were kind of anticipating. Yeah, just need, just and, need one scorer, you know, just need one guy. Yeah, and then go on the road last night score 50 points in Oxford. I mean, as you outlined, that was – and and then you try to figure – you start trying to read into schedules, right? You start looking right. ahead at schedules, and you look at, say, Georgia as a team two weeks ago. You thought, well, that'll be a, a chance for an Alabama to catch its breath, but Georgia goes into Auburn last night and wins, and, and it looks like it's playing pretty good basketball. So it's hard to, yeah, to kind of make those win. predictions. Yeah, you know, Cooper fouled out.
3: That doesn't help Auburn
2: at all, no. but – uh, they did
3: very well. Georgia must have shot 25 layups, really true, which is unusual. You know, the Auburn's a team that's capable of blocking 10, 12 shots a game, but they were getting um, just really bypassed on the dribble. I have to wonder, um, Travis, when you when you've taken the self-imposed year when you're just playing in a certain sense, and I, I obviously Auburn has pride. Auburn wants to play well. That's not what I'm suggesting, but, you know, the conversation everywhere else is certainly among the top teams. You know, what's our seating? What are we going to do in the tournament? What are, you know, this game means this, this, and this. And, you know, I'm watching Auburn and Georgia a little bit, and, I'm, you know, it means, what exactly? I mean, Georgia wants to win, but if you're Auburn, you know, what, you, you got to find some internal motivation. Now they'll find it at Colt Coliseum. That's not that's not going to be a difficult task. but it, it's hard to play the play out the years. And just to think back to to um, Alabama football when they were on probation, wrapping up the years in Hawaii. It's, it's tough to play out those years sometimes.
2: So after I just issued the the disclaimer about circling W's this time of year, and especially when we talk about an Alabama program that has had its struggles in the month of February, well documented. That being said, LSU tonight, Missouri on the road Saturday. Is this? Do you think this is sort of the definitive week? for Alabama with, with, with the second half of the season in terms of trying to, you know, win this first regular season title and, and what, 20, nearly 20 years? Could be. You know, with Tennessee losing last mm-hmm. night, um, if Alabama
3: beats LSU, goes up to Columbia, and beats Missouri, they've essentially, in South Carolina's record's a little different because they have missed so many games, but, um, Alabama will have a four game lead, um,
2: with them to play and, you know, they'll be tough to catch, you know, and a couple of hammers against teams. They only play once, right? Right. Right. Um, couple of three, you know, um,
3: so, so Missouri will be tough. You know, they're, they're tough at all. I'm interested to see how they play tonight against Kentucky. But, you know, Tennessee took that fourth loss last night, legal loss. Alabama could put LSU a fourth one on there tonight. um, And then could – if you go to Columbia Saturday and put that fourth one on Missouri, then you're talking about people having to run the table to have a chance. Yeah, you know, and and I hope Alabama stumbles four times, and so it, it would be their their mathematical probability if they're healthy would be very high if they win these two games.
2: Well, Cecil, we know you'll have it covered from uh, top to bottom, uh, front to back, and of course National Signing Day as well. And we always appreciate you coming on board with us here on the program. Thanks, Cecil. Thank you, Travis. Uh, the, the double, the double
3: feel old, you know. I covered Shaq at Coleman, now I get covered Shaq. <laughs> and right. Jay, Graham. and oh, Jay Graham. Oh my
2: goodness, Jay Graham. Yeah, he was great at Tennessee. Boy, he had Jay Graham what, two, was on seventy those, plus yard 25 runs. Yeah. Twenty five years ago.
3: Yeah, twenty five years ago, those Peyton team. I
2: know, uh,
3: I know. It's it's rough. Yeah. You're right, <laughs> and, and and he's he's as fresh in my mind because he's a really good back, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he's as fresh as my mind at Tennessee as Kamara, you know. I mean, that's how it runs together on you after a while.
2: And he had a couple of house calls in the mid nineties, one at Legion Field, and then one the very next year against Alabama up in Knoxville. I know you recall those, but thanks for the uh, thanks for Marvin Hagler like body shots and bringing back, (laughs) you know, bringing that up. It gets to be amazing, doesn't it? Oh my gosh! Absolutely, just getting out of bed. It's amazing some days, <laughs> and and all seeing right. these these young kids—it's
3: a reminder. Oh, these
2: kids—they're all excited about the video football coming back, Cecil. You know the EA Sports—they're oh, fired up. That's the true. kids. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob in there—he's excited. When, I'll,
3: I'll get, get excited when, when they bring Tekmo Bowls back. I'll be
2: pumped. Yeah, I mean, all we needed, Cecil, back in the day, was Pong, and we were good. You know, as long <laughs> as we had Pong. Pong and and the <laughs> little magnetic. Football, which then you know that you just turned on the magnets and they would randomly spin around or whatever. Space Invaders was just that was just mind-boggling when Space Invaders oh, came out. You know that was it. Absolutely, that was, it was, it was play, never going to get better than Space Invaders, Cecil.
1: <laughs>
3: you'd play Space Invaders and then you'd you'd say, "This is so awesome! I got to call
2: my friend." And so you'd go and try and pop
3: find a payphone
2: (laughs) well we had we had um we did have a mobile phone in our house it was just that you know pops worked for the phone company so he was able to get those phone cords that were like two football fields long you know (laughs) and so you could literally take the phone anywhere in the house you know that was the (laughs) that was a mobile phone in about 80 you know that was our mobile phone in 78 (laughs) people you know you're your
3: kids, I don't know if you could even explain to them how. No. A, not not only that you're constantly connected in the way that you are now, but B, you know, if you had a buddy, you know, you're in Jacksonville, you had a buddy in Tuscaloosa, you'd call him and you could talk for two minutes because you were going to get billed seven dollars for the call.
2: Well, I'm going to make <laughs> you feel really old, Cecil. I'm going to tell you. My first exposure to your writing was going to the Five Points newsstand in Riverside of Jacksonville, Florida. Big newsstand right there in Five Points, bustling district, historic district near downtown Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And we would roar down there on Mondays to get the Sunday edition of the Tuscaloosa News and the Birmingham. We would get. I would get all the. They had the Birmingham News, they had the Tuscaloosa News, and that's that's uh, that was my first exposure to you, a newsstand. There on Mondays we'd get the we'd be able to get the Sunday paper there. So yeah, a, there you go. To,
3: to put a bow on this, I, I can also remember <laughs> wa- waiting to get your
2: recruiting update in a newsletter. Absolutely, Southeastern Preps Illustrated. It was on that Absolutely. same newsstand.
3: <laughs> yeah. At that
2: same stand, and that was I mean, oh gosh, that's what you slipped through. Oh man, that kid signed with with um, yeah. Tennessee. You know, yeah, and for the really. For the really hardcore subscribers, we send faxes too. Those newfangled faxes we'd send out too, Cecil. Yeah, yeah. There's also, yeah. there's also probably a
3: couple of couple of guys down there in um, South Florida, down in Naples or somewhere,
2: um, still living off their one nine hundred number. Oh, so. those one nine hundreds. Yeah. those were no goods. Those were no good. Absolutely. If you were on
3: the if you were on the paying end, they if you were. On yeah. Oh the
2: yeah. Team, yeah, they weren't bad on
3: that time. end, but woo,
2: you Well, can do we, some we've damage. gone down memory Lane long enough. Let's see what Nick Saban has to say today. Is yeah, we'll check in with Nick later this afternoon, and we'll watch some Nick Alabama Saban and Will Wade. That's a full day. Oh gosh, how about that? <laughs> Speaking of phone calls, all right. Hey Cecil, all right. There we'll you you let go. you get out of here. Appreciate it, man. It. There you go, Cecil okay, Hurt, Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports dot com. We have made each other feel archaic enough for one day we're gonna to head to a final break we come back we'll put a wrap on a wednesday edition of southern fried sports right here on tide 100.9 fm right after this
0: a bright sunny sky this afternoon the high today 52 clear tonight the low at 33 tomorrow becoming mostly cloudy rain arrives tomorrow night the high 61 and for friday the sky becoming partly to mostly sunny the high at 50 i'm james Spann on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9
2: here on Tide 100.9 FM. Enjoyed going down memory lane with Cecil Hurt there as we closed out that last segment. I don't miss working the recruiting side of college football all that much, to be honest with you. I'm thankful for it. Very thankful. I follow it. I have interest, strong, strong interest, like each and every one of you out there, but actually covering it, well, at least back in the day, I got to think it's easier today, but in some ways, the value of it in terms of just straight news, because so much of it is self-reported, the prospects with social media and their ability to get their own word out when and how they want to, it's changed, no doubt about it. But man, back in the early 90s, mid 90s, when I jumped in, it was an education. There's no doubt about that. I left school. I didn't finish college to get in the business. So it literally was my education and my sort of entry path, entryway into what I'm doing these days. But uh, totally different game back then, man. Yes. We're putting out actual magazines and newsletters and faxes and on the phone to all hours of the night. Yeah. Hard lines, didn't have cell phones either. Think about that, trying to cover recruiting back then. Hey, by the way, you probably saw Rock Taylor, the wide receiver from Oxford High School over in the Anniston area, had his offer, his scholarship, uh, rescinded by Tennessee with that coaching change up there in Knoxville. Uh, a bit of a... Uh, A bit of a blowback, as you might expect, from the Oxford head coach here in the last day or so. But it looks like Rock Taylor has landed on his feet. He will be going to college and playing college football in the state of Tennessee. It will just be at the University of Memphis for our guy, Ryan Silverfield. Ryan Silverfield, good young head coach up there at Memphis. So uh, it works out okay for Rock Taylor. Hey, um, you're going to hear from Nick Saban. Coming up later this afternoon, I believe that's around 4, he's going to address the media in relation to this latest signing class for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Then, of course, you're going to have Alabama LSU tonight, 6 p.m. That's an ESPNU broadcast if you can't go to the game. Uh, Should be a great one. Should be a fun game, as Cecil and I talked about. Should be plenty of points. You had 180 between the two teams the last time they met. A couple weeks ago down there in Baton Rouge, of course, uh, Alabama Contributed 105 of those, so we'll see if the visiting Tigers can keep things a little more competitive. I don't anticipate Alabama making 23 threes for a second straight meeting with LSU, so I would expect it to be a little bit tighter than the 30-point spread. Uh, 15 days ago. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt for joining us. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. The Lunch Whistle on this Wednesday. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Treat yourself to a great lunch with these cold temperatures. I bet you, I bet you they've either got the Brunswick Chantilly. stew, maybe the brisket Chantilly. chili. Those both sound great on a chilly, early February day. Get by Southern Dale House, 1530 McFarlane Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Thursday. Have a great
1: rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Make me act so funny, make me spend my money, make me feel real loose, like a long-necked goose, like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. What's that, baby? but, but, but. But, oh baby, you know what I like Chantilly Lace had a pretty face out of a ponytail